This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hey everyone, welcome to MLB.com Extras. Today we're talking Mets baseball and we bring in Wayne Rondazzo, who is filling in for Anthony Giacomo today on our MLB.com reporter. Happy 2018, Wayne. How's it going? Yeah, Happy New Year, Alexa. Everything's good. Getting ready to get out of this cold and start thinking about spring training. Yeah, I'm telling you, baseball is right around the corner. I can smell it. The latest news from the Mets, they are talking to the Pirates about Andrew McCutcheon, which is really interesting because I remember last offseason the Nats were trying to land him. So uh, interesting that another NL East team is uh, trying to pull away the face of Pittsburgh's franchise. How do you think the Mets could accomplish this? Well, you know, it's an interesting type of deal because, you know, McCutcheon is still, at least for the remainder of his contract, a pretty costly player. But he's also not really the same player that he was. You know, there was some concern that that he was uh, really on the downside of his career, at least starting that. And then he kind of rebounded in the second half of last year and ended up putting up pretty good numbers, as it turned out. So, you know, it's still kind of the jury's still out on who Andrew McCutcheon is, if he's even a center fielder anymore at this stage in his career. You know, the Pirates did tinker with their outfield alignment some last season, so. You know, he's the type of player that maybe could be had for a, a cheaper cost than in years past and, and might come with a little bit of a risk, but certainly would be a splashy name, a guy everybody knows, a, a face of the franchise type, and I, I think that the Mets are desperately in need of somebody like that. I, you know, I think Michael Conforto will step up into that role a little bit more going into this year, although his health is a concern too. And, you know, we we obviously don't have too many expectations about what David Wright can bring to the Mets. So they, they kind of need more veteran presence in that clubhouse. They traded a lot of guys last year that had that. And McCutcheon could, could fit in, give the Mets, uh, you know, a, a little bit more detail in the outfield, a little bit more power, and certainly a guy that, that can know his way around the clubhouse. The Mets have also been linked to Jason Kipnis and Josh Harrison this offseason. What's the latest here? Yeah, I think for those two, I think the Mets are still waiting out the market on uh, in terms of what they feel like they can get for those players. And it seems like Cleveland has kind of pulled Jason Kipnis back a little bit. I don't think they're as anxious to trade him as maybe the reports uh, seem like they were out there. And I think for Pittsburgh, they just want younger players in, in, in the terms of the Mets. You know, they do have some younger pitchers who I think could be attractive to Pittsburgh, whether it's McCutcheon or a, a, a Harrison. So, you know, Robert Gesellman, uh, Seth Lugo, you know, those types of pitchers, even Rafael Montero, I think is still young enough and still has enough upside where you could spin him uh, for, for a player like Harrison, maybe Luis Guillorme, one of the Mets top prospects, uh, a young middle infielder is somebody that can bring in a guy like that. So, I think that for the Pirates, considering where they want to be and where they are right now, you know, they might be thinking of younger, closer to major league ready type players. 
Uh, whereas, you know, the Mets could use, like I said, a veteran type and a guy who certainly could play second base in Harrison or, or Kipnis for that matter. But it seems to me the Pirates are a better trade partner for the Mets right now than Cleveland would be. How about bringing back Jose Reyes to potentially play second? I know he doesn't have a ton of experience there, but he said he's willing to take less money to come back to the organization. And, of course, there's the familiarity. Yeah, I mean, I'll take a lot less money because he was making over twenty million dollars still last year yeah. uh, with Colorado. So wherever he lands, he's going to be he's going to be making a lot less. But you know, I just don't I just don't see where Jose Reyes can give you what what you want on a daily basis. I, I think as a utility player, he'd still work out for them. But you know, they still have T.J. Rivera on the roster, and you know, even though he might not be ready uh, for the start of the season coming off of his Tommy John surgery, you know, he's still going to be a guy that they rely on pretty heavily you know if Wilmer Flores is not starting somewhere then you know he's going to be in that role too playing as a utility type uh you have Estrubo Cabrera and if you do land uh, a guy like Josh Harrison or, or someone to play second base well then you have Cabrera Flores and Rivera all pretty much fighting for positions somewhere so it's it's just not conducive I don't think for the Mets to bring in Jose Reyes and and have him be anything more than somebody who's coming off the bench, certainly at, at this stage in his career for a contending team, or at least a team that feels like it can be in contention. You know, I don't see where he'd be a fit to be a starting player. Another name that keeps popping up the Mets are obviously very familiar with is Jay Bruce. Let me ask you this, Wayne. With the way the offseason is moving this year, what are the chances that Jay Bruce's price tag drops just a bit and the Mets are more aggressive than originally thought to bring him back to Queens for a second stint? Yeah, I think the fact that we're into going to be in the second week of January here pretty soon, and and virtually every free agent is still available, uh, just just shows that I think everybody's price tag is going to drop compared to what maybe you thought. Even even the likes of a J.D. Martinez or a Jake Arrieta will probably get less years and or less money than than pitchers and position players of that ilk have gotten in years past. So I think everybody has to be kind of ready for that. And I think the Mets are waiting it out. They're, they're, they could possibly pounce on anybody who has taken a dip down. I mean, there's no reason to pay overpay for some of these players if nobody's going to overpay. You're not really fighting with anybody else to get them. So the market, as it always does, will develop itself, and, and you'll see it when it happens. And for Jay Bruce, you know, it might not be four years and $70 million like he thought it was going to be. And, you know, he certainly has value to the Mets being able to play some first base, being a guy with power, uh, being a guy who's already familiar there. And again, another veteran in the clubhouse. So I think it makes a lot of sense for the Mets to keep their options open with Bruce. But I think it makes a lot of sense for them to keep their options open with everybody, with Lorenzo Cain, with Mike Moustakis. We saw his name come up in an article recently. So if the Mets feel like they can get something at a fairly bargain price a guy is going to really help them then uh, I think it's smart of them to just wait it out and, and see what falls into their lap I know Logan Morrison and Adam Lynn have both been mentioned in that conversation do you see either of those players fitting in in Queens yeah Lynn to me is a guy who is more of a we saw him in that utility role with Washington last year he flourished in that role um, you know, he's not going to be – I think there's an expectation when you sign a free agent that it's going to be someone who is really going to 
change your your organization or change the outlook of your team and and add win total. I don't know that Adam Land does that. I don't know that Logan Morrison does that. But I think Morrison would be a fit in a sense that. You know, he plays first base, and I think that there is some need of security at that position. You know, I, I think Dominic Smith is still going to be the guy going into the season, going into camp at least, but I don't think it would hurt. You know, you already have a rookie shortstop. I don't think it would hurt to have somebody that could step in at first base in case the rookie there uh, does not take off. You know, I think with Rosario, you, you at least have the defense. You feel like the bat's going to come. And for Dom Smith, I think the bat will be there eventually, too, for him. But if you're trying to win in 2018, can you afford two rookie infielders? I think that's a big question for them. All right, so maybe some moves still to come for the Mets. But let's talk about the guys that they do have. Let's start with their rotation. Hashtag no offseason for Noah Syndergaard, by the way, because he's been on social media doing all kinds of workouts, uh, not getting as jacked as he was last year, because obviously uh, he said that that was probably some of the reasons uh, why he was injured or that led to his injury. Uh, He only ended up throwing about 30 innings because of that lat injury last year. But he's going to sit atop of this rotation with Jacob deGrom. How do you see the rest of the rotation shaping up? Well, to me, yeah, you got the two horses there and Syndergaard and DeGrom, and, and you need those guys to make their starts, all 30 to 35 of them. And then what you have after that, you still have depth in the pitching department. You still have Steven Matz coming off you know, a pretty down year for him, a year that included a surgery, the same one that DeGrom had the year previous. So uh, I think there's at least some thought that maybe Matz is corrected and maybe he can he can be healthier in 2018 than he's been. You, you just absolutely have no idea what Matt Harvey's going to give you. You know, Zach Wheeler, I think, was on the right path and, and threw, what, 70, 80 innings last year. So I think they can count on him to, to give you a little bit more uh, in next season. And then, you know, that Gaselman, Lugo, Montero camp, you know, those those extra guys that you have at the back end there. So I think all you need – and, and some of those guys might get lumped into a trade here in the near future. But for what you have right now, you have those two guys at the beginning that you need all those starts from. And then from the rest of the group, you just need to piece it together, uh, whether that's 15 starts for Wheeler, 20 for Harvey, 15 for Mats, 15 for Gesellman. You kind of just have to hope that those guys give you enough major league quality innings to fill up the back end of that rotation. And, and if it's Harvey and Matt that, that come out of it and look like the pitchers they used to look like, then that's gravy for this Mets team. I think that's exactly what the hope is uh, for a team that is still really built around its pitching staff. You know, if one or two of those guys in that second group can give you high-quality stuff, well, then I think this turns out to be a pretty good season for them. How about this bullpen? Just one signing for the Mets this offseason, a two-year deal with Anthony Swarzak, as we know. That'll help bolster the bullpen. How do you see the rest of it shaping up? Yeah, Swarzak, I think you got a good little group at the end of the games here with Swarzak joining Ramos and Familia and, and Blevins. Uh, you know, Hansel Robles will still be uh, leaned on to, to get some outs. I think out of, out of the group of starters that I just mentioned, you know, at least one or two of those guys should end up in the bullpen. For me, Zach Wheeler is a perfect candidate to be a relief pitcher for this team and a guy that you can kind of be a, almost a swingman of sorts. You know, I think our expectation of Mickey Calloway is that he's going to manage a lot differently than, than Terry Collins did. Terry was pretty conventional when it came to his bullpen management. 
and you know a guy who relied on his relievers pretty heavily in in the same situations on a fairly daily basis. So I think with Mickey, you kind of expect maybe a guy's going to eat up two or three innings in a game that is a close game. You know, not not just in the throwaway situation, but bring in a guy who he feels can get nine outs on a given day, and and that guy could be uh, Zach Wheeler for for what it's worth. But you know, I, I think the Mets still have to look at Paul Seawald and Jason Bradford, who had a pretty good time in the major leagues last year. You know, give those guys a look in camp, and you know they might they might bring in another guy or two along the way as well. So uh, I don't think they're done in terms of shopping for the bullpen, but I, I do think if they if they go into it with what they have right now, you know, Mickey Calloway and Dave Island are going to have to be pretty creative about how they use this group of starters in terms of getting relief innings out of them. All right, and last but not least, this Mets lineup. It'll be interesting to see. We know Michael Conforto underwent shoulder surgery. Is he still questionable for opening day? What do you expect from him, the rest of this lineup, and Joanna Cespedes this season? Yeah, I think they're going to take it slow with Conforto. I don't, I don't think they want to rush him. I, I think that he feels like he can be ready for opening day. Um, but I, I think that they, you know, if it's, if it's May 1st, I don't think the Mets really uh, are too concerned about him missing three, four weeks at the beginning of the season. Um, you know, in in an effort to not push it. Um, you know, it, it, with that regard, though, they're going to have trouble scoring runs if Conforto's not in the lineup on a daily basis, as they are right now, because I think Juan Lagares is going to have to be the everyday center fielder, which ultimately I'm, I'm great with, because I, I think this pitching staff needs someone of that caliber defensively in center field, and I think Lagares is a, is a perfect guy for them to play every day, or at least most days. I, you know, Brandon Nimmo's on the team right now, as a fourth outfielder, he's he's been great off the bench so far as a big leaguer. Of course, Cespedes, you got to get him right from a health standpoint. Rosario, Smith, the two rookies on the infield with with Cabrera and and a, and a second baseman to be named. Uh, I think it's pretty safe to say that that it'll be somebody that is not currently on the roster that plays second base for this team. And then I, I think the Darno Ploiecki combo really caught some attention at the end of last season. I think Ploiecki was a different hitter coming up from AAA, uh, finally got it as far as his offense goes, and I wouldn't be surprised to see those two split the catching duties right down the middle. I don't, I don't think either one of them is a guy who should be making 130 starts behind the plate. I think if you go 80 and 80 between the two of them, I think you'll get the most out of each of them. All right, Wayne, we've been asking this of all of our podcast guests. Of the team you cover, what's their New Year's resolution? Can the Mets' New Year's resolution be anything else than stay healthy? No, I mean, no, I don't I don't think so. I think that yeah. is as the absolute for them. You know, it, it's it's a division still that has one great team and then a bunch of teams that aren't very good. I think uh, we all know the Marlins are going to be in bad shape this year. Uh, the Braves, you know, they got they got hit so hard in their minor league system. It's going to be tough for them to get to the point that they thought they would. And the Phillies are going to be better, but they're not going to be a team that I don't think is going to contend in 2018. So it's still there for the Mets to take to make a run at Washington and to get these guys healthy and go for it. So, uh, you know, I, I think they could be a, a sleeper pick in, in some ways as far as seeing them contend for the postseason. But there's still some work to do, and, and they absolutely need their pitchers to be healthy, or really there's there's no chance for them. All right, that's going to do it for us here on MLB.com Extras Mets Edition. Big thank you to Wayne for filling in for Anthony DiComo. Until next week, Wayne, thanks so much. All right, Alexa, thank you.